You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Today's message is entitled, The Way of Holiness. The Way of Holiness. And this is Psalm 24, Part 5. It's our fifth message on Psalm 24. We're going to be talking about the way of holiness. Let me pray and I'll lead you in a prayer. Father, come with your presence and teach us your ways and let us love your ways and let us love purity of heart and clean hands before you. May we love the things that you love. And may you give me grace to share this message. And also, we need help hearing it rightly so that we do not misunderstand or misconstrue things. Be glorified, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now let's put our hands on our hearts and pray this with me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. In your precious name. Amen. So the way of holiness, before we get into this, my announcements first, registration is extended for the glory unit. So doors are closing soon. But we had a wonderful, before I get into that, we had a wonderful first night. And God was present with us, and we had a lot of joy, and it was great to see everybody together and wonderful to get into the Word together. And I was grateful to have Missy and Lami holding up my hands, two of the grads. So if you're, if you're a grad to the Bible school and you ever want to come and help and serve, uh, you are welcome to come. And then we have those who are helping, like Barbara, and it's a real blessing to have her as well as all the crew. So registration's extended. You can go to holyfireschool.com and register. Also, help me spread the word. Um, the other thing is, if you're a serious inquirer, you can come tomorrow night. The door is open for you to come, but it's mainly for those who are in the know tomorrow night. So holyfireschool.com, you can register. This is the card that Adam made, and our theme is glory in the dark, glory in the dark. Also, I want to thank everybody that gives. If you're giving, thank you for your giving. Thank you for your tithes and offerings. If you would like to give, and we could use some more partners, if you would like to give, go to brisbanefire.com, brisbanefire.com, and you can give online. There's other ways to give too, but... That's the best one if you're online. It's brisbanefire.com, and there's a give page. Now, let's get into the message. 
Isaiah 35, 8 in the NIV version. Isaiah 35, 8. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. Let me read that one more time. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. That's where the title comes from. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. What was nice before when I started to speak the word, the gentle rain was falling down. The highway in Isaiah 35, 8 prophesies, uh, prophesies. The highway in Isaiah 35, 8 prophesies the smooth and speedy escape of God's people from Assyrian oppression and Babylonian captivity. God will cause a new exodus to happen so that a remnant of Jews return to the promised land. It's also a metaphor for our lives since our pilgrimage is about escaping the world's oppression and captivity and journeying into our true home, heaven. So the highway of holiness is speaking of this smooth and speedy escape, especially out of the Babylon captivity, but also that's a metaphor for our whole lives and that that way is smooth and speedy. It's fast. And it's the way, it's that straight and narrow way which Jesus spoke about, that way to our true home above. So today, we will conclude our series on Psalm 24. Actually, I don't know if we will conclude it. (laughs) We were meant to conclude it. But there's still some things bubbling up in my heart. So we're beginning to conclude it, a bit like Paul at the Philippians saying, finally, and then he's got a couple more chapters left in him. We we, We are beginning to conclude Psalm 24 by meditating on its middle section. Who will ascend Yahweh's mountain? That's from my translation of Psalm 24. Who will ascend Yahweh's mountain? And we'll discover four stones obstructing God's way of holiness and how to remove them. So there's four stones specifically that the Lord's been revealing to me that obstruct God's way of holiness, and we're going to see how to remove them. So here's Psalm 24, and we're going to begin now in the middle section. We've been reading this every week. Who will ascend Yahweh's mountain? Who will arise into his holy place? Clean, unfettered hands, a pure, open heart. These arise. Oh, let not my soul get drawn into emptiness, nor bound to a mirage. So after the psalmist is revealing 
who will ascend Yahweh's mountain, clean hands, a pure heart. He prays that he himself would have this by saying, as I translate it, let not my soul get drawn into emptiness nor bound to a mirage. It goes on to say they carry Yahweh's blessing, the righteousness of God, their salvation. Now, we're just focusing more on that middle part today. Clean, unfettered hands, a pure, open heart. These arise. Do I hear an amen? Psalm 15 is another pilgrimage psalm like Psalm 24. Recently, I translated Psalm 15. A message runs through these two psalms. We cannot advance in our journey without a pure heart and living right in God's eyes. So in both of these psalms, this message rings out that we cannot advance in our journey without a pure heart and living right in God's eyes. Now, the temptation is we're trying to live right in people's eyes, pleasing them. But living righteously actually means living right in God's eyes. And he sees our hearts. So it all begins with a pure heart, pure heart, clean hands. Psalm 15. So let me read this to you. Adonai mi yagor. Adonai mi yagor, which means Yahweh, as I translate it, Yahweh who Yahweh, who journeys as a pilgrim? So let me read this to you. It's a question again, and it's very similar to Psalm 24. Yahweh, who journeys as a pilgrim in your tent? Who finds their home on your holy mountain? Those who walk wholeheartedly, they act right, speaking wholesome from their heart. No slander on their tongues. They do no wrong to their friends, nor insult their close ones. No delight they find in what Yahweh despises, nor do they value those that neglect to fear him. They promise and keep, even though it hurts. They refuse to profit from lending, nor be bribed against the blameless. Those who do these things do not stumble on their journey to eternity. Those who do these things do not stumble on their journey to eternity. Do you see the similarities between the two Psalms? Very similar. Though this one especially is expounding on what it's like to live with a, with a pure heart, clean hands. On the 15th of December, 2023, I was praying for God's message for 2024. The Holy Spirit moved on me, and I began to write. After I wrote the message, the Lord told me to put this message in a sheath till the right time. In other words, put, it, put the sword in the sheath and leave it to the right time. Well, today is the right time to share it. Even though I heard there's more people coming to church next week, so I was thinking, should I share it next week? But no. <laughs> Despite who is here or not, this is the time to share this message. And I was reluctant 
I was reluctant to draw this message out because it's a sharp sword. One of the things we see in the book of Revelation is Jesus has a sword coming out of his mouth, a sharp double-edged sword coming out of his mouth, and that speaks of the word of God. And the word of God is sharp, and it cuts to the heart. But we also need to realize that if the Lord rebukes us, it is because he loves us. That's what he says to the church of Laodicea. Now, I I need to say here, it's important for us to hear this right. And it's for the people of God as a whole. When the Lord gave me this, it was for his people, especially worldwide. So this may not apply to everybody, but there's something that everyone can draw out of it. There's, There's something that everyone can draw out of it but I don't want you to get too personal if this doesn't apply to you or, or like upset because this is a message for his people. So it's important to hear it with uh, grace and understand what the Lord is saying. Here's a beautiful butterfly. And we saw some beautiful butterflies when we went uh, to the Gardner's Falls with uh, Anna and her brother Steve, and it was the most Aussie day I had in a long time, and Allie with Allie and myself. One of the most Aussie days I had because we, we bought meat pies to bring there. <laughs> so we brought these meat pies, and we went. I had a little problem walking on some of the rocks, but I finally found a, a, a nice place there. It's a beautiful place. And we saw all of these iridescent, they're different butterflies than this, but iridescent blue butterflies. And it was beautiful. But there was something God spoke to me about, about butterflies, which was more in a, a negative connotation here, though we love butterflies, right? We love God's creation. And this is how the word begins. And I wrote this down. The Holy Spirit was moving on me as I wrote this. My people are not sound. They are chasing butterflies rather than winning souls and making disciples. My people are going down rabbit holes rather than standing on my solid ground. So I... For me, when I'm writing this, I just want to be obedient to the Lord. And here the Lord was saying that his people are chasing butterflies rather than winning souls and making disciples. We have to be careful not to drift from that chief mission that he has us on. Then he went on to say, my people are going down rabbit holes rather than standing on my solid ground. Now, I especially saw that over the last few years. As we get involved in all these controversies rather than standing on the solid ground of the word. Now, there's a little bit of my commentary in there, but this is the prophetic word goes on. They don't know my word. They only know bits and pieces they've heard in preaching, reels, and social media. They are basing their faith on memes, 
and they will never stand through the storms on memes. So again, there's again a strong message. I, I realize that. I'll repeat this. You know what memes are. This is a more of a new term, but these little, these little photographs you see on social media with some words on them. Usually it's humorous. Sometimes it has to do with faith. And they can communicate some good things, but this was a warning here. They don't know my word. They only know bits and pieces they've heard in preaching, reels, and social media. They are basing their faith on memes, and they will never stand through the storms on memes. Their focus has eroded. They are letting life happen to them rather than making life happen. They are like children tossed back and forth by the summer waves. They must be warned to get out of the shallows and plunge their nets into deep waters. Now, there was a reference to what Jesus said to his disciples. And all of this needs to be meditated on to really understand it some more. I'm sure, uh, Luke 5, Luke chapter 5, verse 3. He got into one of the boats. This is Jesus, the one belonging to Simon. Uh, sorry, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, this is all prophetic because God wants us to be fishers of people. He wants us to be about that uh, purpose. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. So they're responding to Jesus' word, and that must be our whole life is responding to Jesus' word. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. So the Lord is warning us here through this prophetic message to get out of the shallows and plunge our nets into deep waters. It goes on. Now, as it goes on, it was like I was taking dictation from the Lord. So all I could say is I was taking it was like I was taking dictation. Now, of course, every prophecy you hear, you need to weigh up, you need to judge. So you can weigh it up and judge it according to Scripture. I'm not trying to replace the Lord in any way. Just be his servant and share with you what God has spoken to me. Write in big letters. This is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Write in big letters. Distraction. Distraction. They have lost their traction because they have been distracted. 
So this was the first of four words that the Lord said right in big letters, and I wrote them in big letters. And then the Lord explaining to me what these words meant. Distraction. They have lost their traction because they have been distracted. So Luke 10, we know the story about Mary and Martha. Martha. And Martha is very distracted by all the preparations. But Mary sits at his feet. This is the verse that, or the passage that came to me later in regards to distraction. Now, I may next week uh, unfold some of these things some more. The next thing the Lord told me to write in big letters was excuses excuses. They have stopped executing my word because of their excuses. This is another thing. And these are like stones on the, the highway, the way of holiness that we need to remove. We need to remove the distractions. We need to remove the ex- excuses. Now, I want to read this part here in Luke 14, 16. So I'm interweaving this prophetic word with some of the teaching that God put on my heart. Luke 14, 16. We'll start in 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. So this is a great banquet. It's someone who puts on a great banquet. It's costly. They put a lot of money into it, a lot of time, a lot of effort. And so now the invitation is to come. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. It had to do with this field and his his buying of the field. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. Often there's a lot of excuses to come coming to the place where the word of God is being ministered. But we need to understand that when God is giving his word, it's a great feast. It is a great feast. And let's not make excuses in coming to hear his word and to eat his word, to feed on his word. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. God wants his house to be full. 
first and foremost, full of his glory, but also filled with those who want to come and be a part of this great feast that he is continually putting on. Because it's a feast that brings healing. It's a feast that brings salvation. And God is glorified when his house is full. Jesus goes on to say, I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Why? Because they made excuses. So sometimes we can think that Jesus said all nice things, but he said tough things, difficult things, things that are like a a sword that pierced the heart. But it's all for the sake of his goodness. So anytime we're hearing God and he is correcting us, We have to watch out not to get offended and realize God is saying this because he loves us and he's got so much for for us. He's not rejecting us. He's telling us, get rid of the excuses so we don't miss out on this great feast that he has for us. So it's out of love. It's out of compassion. And I realize that some people may say some tough words they, they, call it, it's, they, call, they say it's from Scripture, but it's a distortion. And sometimes that turns us off because it's not spoken out of love. But when God speaks, he always speaks from a heart of, of love and care for us. The third word that the Lord had me write out in big letters is apathy. Apathy. They have wandered from my path because they live in apathy. They have wandered from my path because they live in apathy. Now, I was writing these things down quickly. I wasn't trying to use any creative ability or anything like that. But I noticed that a lot of these words are what they call kangaroo words. Have you heard of kangaroo words? A kangaroo word is that there's another word inside the word, like a kangaroo Uh, pouch. So in apathy, you have the word path. And these aren't thoughts that I had thought before, but notice you have apathy and the Lord then is speaking. They have wandered from my path because they live in apathy. What is apathy? It's a lack of concern. It's lack of interest, a lack of care, and a lack of action. And we see that Jesus is weeping over this, and I believe that this still, I know that this still causes the Lord to to weep. He has grief over this. There's still the sufferings of Christ today, even though he is seated on his throne. Matthew 23, 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. This is Jesus speaking. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Notice it says, and you were not willing. There was an apathy to coming to him, even though he was wanting to gather them. There was an apathy Aren't you glad that you are here present at this service? (laughs) Yes. Interest and care is apathy. Thank you. 
Thanks for asking. So Jesus is longing to gather the children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Now look at what happens because they were apathetic and not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you, were, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That was spoken to Jerusalem. So this is why we pray for Israel and we need to pray for Jerusalem because Jesus said they will not see him again until they say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch haba b'shem Adonai. In the Hebrew, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So we pray. Even now, Lord, we stop and we pray for Jerusalem and Israel to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is an acceptance, a coming to Jesus, a running to Jesus, realizing that he is the Messiah. Open up the eyes of our fellow Jewish brothers and sisters to see that you are the Messiah and you are the protection and that you, your way is the best way and the only way. Amen. The last word. Demons. Demons. They carry demons because they do not demonstrate the truth. So there's a lot more Christians that are carrying demons that we, than we realize. They're carrying all this heaviness and negativity and darkness and tempt, you know, lust and temptation and jealousy and unforgiveness, all these things. Uh, the demons are attracted to us when we do not demonstrate the truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2.25. I'll show this here in what Paul was saying. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil, the, cap the captivity of the devil, the trap of the devil, who has taken them captive to do his will. You see that there? And that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So we're meant to be carrying the blessing of the Lord. We're meant to be carrying the Holy Spirit. I may talk about this more next week. We are not meant to be carrying demons. And so we need to cast these off in Jesus' name. And I think next week we may talk. We may talk more about how to practically do these things. From there, the Lord said, it's time for them to awaken and throw off their distractions, excuses, apathy, and demons. It's time for them to awaken and throw off their distractions, excuses, apathy, and demons. 
And this brings me more to the, the more the light and the positive part of the message. The Holy Spirit continued to speak to me. 2024 is a year for awakening. Arise, shine, for my light has come. Isaiah 60, verse 1. And that has been a theme over the last few weeks, and especially on Monday at Bible school, I shared about this. Arise, shine, for my light has come. It's already come. I hear the petty excuses of my people. When will God come? I have already come and will come again. I am also with them daily by my spirit. I have taken away all their excuses, and yet there is this constant bleeding of excuses in my ear. Get back to the truth, my people. Get back to the truth, my people. I think it's important in hearing this to hear it from God's perspective, what he hears, what he sees, and what he has already provided. His light has already come. He has taken away every excuse from us. He is, he is with us every day by his spirit, and he's coming again. Now, in no way do I want to say that you can't pray for God to come closer to you, but realize that he, he has already come, that he's with you by his spirit, and you're praying that his glory would increase in your life when you pray like that. So let's get rid of the excuses. We're close to an end here. Here's what I shared with the Bible school, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 through 4. And if you want, I do have a few uh, sheets of this back there. If you want this, Isaiah 61 through 4, kumi ori. Arise, shine bright. Yes, your light has come. Yahweh's glory has dawned on you. Yes, it's true. Behold, darkness covers earth. Thick clouds oppress people. But there's more. Yahweh dawns on you. He shines his glory on you. Nations will journey into your light. Kings to your radiant sunrise. And this is why it's so important that we awake and arise so that we shine his light to the world. And that is how the nations are going to come in. That is how people are going to come into the kingdom. That's how kings and powerful leaders will come, is as we arise and shine the light and cast off those things that we were talking about, the distractions, the excuses, the apathy, and demons. Nations will journey into your light, kings to your radiant sunrise. It'll be like when Jesus was born and the, the Magi came. Lift your eyes. And this is, this is, of course, here prophetic because Isaiah has been prophesying, prophesying about this Babylonian captivity, and he's speaking to those who are in a very dark place, but he tells them to lift their eyes and to see this prophetically, to use their prophetic imagination, so to speak, to see this happening. Lift your eyes, look around. See, they all gather. Well, this is the opposite of Jesus' lament. 
that they didn't gather. But here we need to see something more. Lift your eyes. Look around. See they all gather. They come to you. Your sons come from far. Your daughters embrace you, joined at your hip. I'll read that one more time. Lift your eyes. Look around. See they all gather. They come to you. Your sons come from far. Your daughters embrace you, joined at your hip. So this is something we need to pray to birth, to pray. And like with Jesus, it often takes tears, weeping. But it's also a hopeful, very hopeful verse that this will happen, that God will do this, that this is part of what it means to be in the end times, the end days. And this week on Monday, one of the focuses was that remembrance is a gateway to God's glory. We need to remember through Scripture all the things that God has done. And we need to remember what God has done in our own lives. Keep that always before us and then pray, oh, Lord, do it again. <laughs> do it again, Lord. Move again. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the God who was and who is and is to come. Do it again. And that's why remembrance in the spirit is very powerful. Remember the times where there's been great harvest in church history, revivals, which gives us a taste of God's ultimate heart and what he wants us to do. And this is Isaiah 62.10. Ivru, Ivru. It's a very interesting word because Hebrew comes from this Ivrit. Ivrit. So Hebrew, the best, I think the best understanding of what Hebrew means is someone who moves, someone who comes from the other side, someone who passes through. It's the idea of a pilgrim or of a foreigner who has come across the river into the promised land. This is the idea of, the, of a Hebrew. They're on a, a pilgrimage with the Lord. And Ivru, Ivru is how this poetic uh, verse begins. And this is my translation of Isaiah 62.10. Very short one. Move, move through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Make, make the highway. Remove the stones. Raise the flag high before the people. So this is a, a pioneering, uh, two uh, you know, it's more than, it's two, I've broken it up into two, two verses with one having four lines and the other having five lines. But this is what pioneers do. Move, move through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. See, we are called to prepare the way for these people, for the nations, every tribe, tongue, nation, people group. This is why we arise. This is why we remove the stones, because in that we are preparing the way for the people who are lost to come into the kingdom. 
And then it goes on to say, make, make the highway. Remove the stones. Again, what a pioneer does when he plows a path, he removes the stones. And Australia has a history of pioneers, as well as those, if you're from America, there's also a history of pioneers. Remove the stones. Raise the flag. This is the banner. The same word. This is that banner, that flag, that standard. Raise the flag high before the people. As we raise that flag of the good news, people are drawn in. My last slide here before we pray. For the sake of God's glory and the salvation of the nations, let's remove the stones like pioneers and prepare and prepare the way for souls to stream into God's kingdom. Let's raise the flag of Jesus' good news so that people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation run to him. Can I say that one more time? For the sake of God's glory and the salvation of the nations, let's remove the stones like pioneers, and prepare the way for souls to stream into God's kingdom. Let's raise the flag of Jesus' good news so that people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation run to him. So we are doing this every time Anna in faith lifts up the name of Jesus. She's lifting up that flag. Every time we join in with her and lift up our hands, we are lifting up that flag. And we, we can't get weary in doing good. We need to continue to lift up his name and pray. And as we do so, we will see fruit. We'll see this happen. But we need to do it even when the times seem a little bit dry. <laughs> or there may not seem to be much on the vine. We continue to praise him. We continue to lift him up. We continue to be a light. If we let the darkness get to us, then we'll never draw in the nations that the Lord is calling. Amen? So I'm going to pray, and then Anna, I hope Anna can play lightly. We could just spend some time just personally throwing off these things that we've been talking about and awakening and just letting God's glory shine on us. So, Father, thank you for this word. It's a word that cuts to the heart. But because you love us, you rebuke us. I'm praying that we would see with your eyes and we would cast off these things. We would cast off distraction we would cast off excuses. We would cast off apathy. And we would cast off the demons that are harassing us. And we would arise and awake, throw off those things like blankets and arise and awake and know that our light has come. 
kindle in our hearts that love for your harvest, for the nations, for the peoples that we read about that you are saving in the book of Revelation. We read about this great harvest. Let it happen. And Father, we're asking that you would use us. Revive us here. Fill us with your glory. Use us here, Lord. Do not pass us by. Pray through us. Intercede through us. Speak your word through us. Let us raise your banner high. We thank you that you are our banner. And move, Lord, just take this word deep into our hearts. Without you, we are nothing, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to just bring the mic over for Anna. And if we can all stand, we can all stand. clean hands they give us pure hearts let us not lift our souls to another give us clean hands give us pure hearts let us not lift our souls to another so give us clean
us clean hands, give us pure hearts, let us not lift our souls to another, give us clean hands, give us pure hearts, let us not lift our souls to Let's see, six years. 